Hi guys, welcome to Middle Age Gamers, uh, your podcast brought to you by myself, your host, as per usual, Francis, uh, and my two trusty companions. Say hello, guys. Hi. Hello. Cool. Uh, so we'll kick this off uh, with our usual segment. A lot of things have happened since we recorded last, because uh, it has been a couple of weeks. Uh, but if we start off with what we are playing at the moment, uh, if we kick it off with you, Ben, uh, what have you been playing? I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I love it. Cool. Uh, what are you liking about this one? Because we've discussed it in the past that with Origins, uh, you didn't really get on that well with the RPG elements and things like that. So what are you enjoying with Odyssey more so than you did with Origins? Um, I feel like in Odyssey, it's not thrown in your face as much because of that exploration mode. You go and find them instead of them just being a shitload of side quests on your on your screen. Yeah. So it's like, just oh yeah, you, you discover this location and you speak to these people. I like that a bit more than having a, a screen full of side quests. No, yeah, I definitely get what you mean because I am also uh, playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey at the moment and. For the people who are listening who aren't aware of, when you start up the game, uh, you have two different options. The first one being the difficulty level. Uh, So I think it's like easy, normal, and then like batshit crazy it goes up to. Uh, But the second option that it gives you is a guided mode, uh, which is a kind of, it holds your hand, it shows you exactly where you need to go at every point in time. Uh, But what Ben was talking about is an exploration mode, which is really cool. So instead of telling you exactly where you need to go, you kind of get clues uh, through the dialogue of the people that you speak to. So they kind of say, like, you need to go southwest and it's around the coast or the edge of the island that you're on. So, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, what else about it are you, are you enjoying, Ben? Uh, I really like the mechanics. Especially they've improved the fighting yet again hmm. on this Assassin's Creed. And they've more more to um, free run on this one than there was Odyssey, which I really like the free running elements of Assassin's Creed. Because to me, that is a key component that makes it an Assassin's Creed game. Oh, definitely. I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most uh, about the game is the options that it gives you. So if you want to be... Like an assassin, like you were in the old games, you can choose to be as stealthy as you want, or you can go in, sort of swords out, uh, sort of like guns blazing, that sort of thing. Um, the graphics are absolutely incredible. Um, the different islands you go to, there's different environments and things like that. Uh, the water is crazily good looking. Uh, yeah, um, the water is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, especially when we're on the boat and there's sort of like dolphins swimming with you and all that sort of thing. Um and this time round, similar to Syndicate, where you could be either a male or a female protagonist, but this time round you get a choice and you have to stick with that choice. So I, after a little bit of research, went with Cassandra, and I think you did the same, didn't you, Ben? Yeah. And her, her I dialogue... I because, of, yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, from, from what I heard in the view videos, the... Uh, um, the other guy that you can be, his his acting's quite wooden, but Cassandra is really convincing. Like her motion capture and her voiceover is really, really cool. Um, she's quite sarcastic at times, which is kind of cool. And 
the quests that you get from different people, um, they're all really varied. And the feeling that I've got, I'm about 16 or so hours in now, I think, is it's very much like The Witcher 3, just without sort of the like the massive beasts. That's sort of the the what I'm getting from it. So if you guys haven't played it, obviously pick it up when you can. Um, what have you been playing, Dan, at the moment? I've still been laboring away at God of War. Um, it's it's taken ages to get through it, but that's probably because I'm only playing in short bursts. Yeah. Um, about three quarters of the way through, I think now. Cool. And your initial opinion so far? Um, obviously, you can't really comment on the the story elements for the people who haven't played it. Obviously. Um, but what 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 are your feelings on on the game? I can say that the story is really good. Um, that it's taken some twists and turns that I didn't expect, um, and uh, it, a lot of there are a lot of little hints in the story that link kind of to um, the the real Greek, uh, sorry, the real Viking uh, mythology, the Norse mythology. Um, and I, interestingly, I watched. Um, the Avengers, uh, what was the last one called? Infinity War, uh, at the weekend as well. Um, someone wanted to watch it. And um, Sindri featured in that. Have you, have you seen it yet? No, no, I haven't seen Infinity War yet. I kind of yeah. fell off um, the Marvel films. I watched Captain America Civil War, uh, and mm. I've got about two quarters of the way, or a half, two quarters is a half, like halfway through that film, like more than six times. And I just can't bring myself to like watch it any further. Yeah, really, I'm only watching because the kids want to. But um, it was quite interesting that Sindri featured in that film, and um, they both link back to the real. Um, well, I say the real, the real Norse mythology, the the original sagas that were written um, about Thor and, and so on. Um, in the Norse sagas, um, it states that uh, Sindri wouldn't touch uh, the he wouldn't actually do the forging himself and he wouldn't touch the forge um, and in uh, God of War they deal with that by kind of making Sindri a germaphobe and he doesn't actually want to touch anything uh, and yeah. uh, in um, in Avengers Sindri has uh, had his hands sort of cast in metal so he can't actually physically touch anything oh that's so, quite clever um, they both dealt with the same uh, original story in a different way, which is quite I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, and I think God of War's take uh, on Sindri's character is like that's the comical element of the game, and his, some of his dialogue is really sort of like laugh out loud funny, which is what I really enjoyed about playing through God of War. Not only are the sort of the gaming mechanics really well done, the fighting's amazing, uh, the way that everything sort of flows with the camera and it never sort of cuts away, but the dialogue that you have uh, with Kratos and his son, uh, and obviously the, the the two small guys, if that's politically correct to call them, um, are they dwarves? Is that what they are? Is that what would you consider them as? They're referred to as dwarves in Norse mythology, so I think you're okay. They're not on thin ice there. That's cool. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think later on in the year uh, we'll do some form of game of year discussion. Um, but it will probably be dealt in a different manner to what usual media outlets do. The problem for us, especially having children, is we only get to play certain titles at certain times, and it's usually a lot later than the times that they're released. 
Um, so probably what we'll end up doing is not necessarily a game that has been released in 2018, more than it's going to be like the game of the year that you have played this year yourself, because I've gone back to many PS3 games, uh, along with many older PS4 titles, and probably similar for you two guys as well. Um, one game that I did want to mention uh, that I played a couple of weeks back um, was The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Have either of you two played that game at all? I've always wanted to play that game, but I'd never had a PS3. What about you, Dan? It, um, it, is that the one that kind of looks like Skyrim with all the mods on? Yeah, so it it is a PS4 game, just to let you know, Ben. Um, it did come out this gen, but... It's a game that you can easily complete within sort of like three hours. You can do it in one sitting. Um, it's built in the Unreal Engine, and it's what people sort of quote-unquote call a walking simulator, but essentially you're like a, a detective uh, trying to find out about the death uh, or the vanishing, as it were, uh, of this kid called Ethan Carter, and the visuals are absolutely mental. If they could make that, use that... Uh, that type of the, the Unreal 4 engine, if they could use that in a, a modern day RPG like Skyrim, that would probably be the best game ever made because the, the graphics are photorealistic. Like you're walking around um, and you go sort of through this wood over a bridge and you end up at this reservoir and like you could literally stop there. I think the game itself took me two sittings, even though I could have done it in one just because I took about 100 screenshots just because it's that good. Um, but yeah, if you ever get the chance, like I say, you can play through it. You can get 100% on all the trophies within one playthrough, uh, and it should only take you about three hours, but highly recommend that game. Um, other than that, I think I'm pretty much just trying to get my way through Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, before Red Dead 2 comes out. Go on, then. I'll, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, because me and you both pre-ordered Red Dead. Mm-hmm. Are we going to finish Assassin's Creed first or are we going to put it down for a bit and play Red Dead? See, that's a choice I cannot make for you. Uh, I've been trying my hardest to finish Odyssey, um, but that game is so big. Like, it, you can't describe how big that game is like unless you no, play the game. Like, yeah, it's stupid. I think I've visited, like, three, uh, three of the, the islands. I don't know how many islands there are in total. Like I said, 16 spent hours. ages on an island. Yeah, I think like one island I spent like eight hours on. It's just so I'm not too sure if I'm going to get Red Dead Redemption 2 on the day of release, which I am going to do, but whether I'm going to play it straight away or if I'm just going to let it sit, collect a little bit of dust until I finish Odyssey. Because I feel that if I start Red Dead Redemption 2, I probably won't go back to Odyssey for a long time. And I'm really enjoying Odyssey so much that I really don't want to put it down. So it's a tricky one. Yeah, it is a tricky one for me as well. But I'm, I'm just thinking on time scale of obviously us being parents, having kids, not having much time. Yeah, it's game. And I think the issue, especially with Dan playing God of War, he's probably in the same situation, aren't you, Dan? The fact that the God of War is a long game. You're talking like 50 to 60 hours to get to the end of the campaign. And like doing it in bite-sized chunks is probably the best way to do it. But... It's kind of like, do you ever see the light at the end of the tunnel and you never know how, like, and the games keep giving and that's the problem with modern age games nowadays is they strive to make the single player campaigns as long as possible. Um, 
Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Like, it all depends well, on the time scale, really. I'm still enjoying it, but I want to get it finished because there are other things I want to move on to. Uh, I want to play Odyssey, but I'm not going to buy it till I finish this. Um, so, well, I would say I'm getting my money's worth, but I borrowed God of War a few francs, so yeah. I can't really say that. You're getting, but, uh, you're getting so your money's worth out of me, so that's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, once it comes around to you getting Odyssey, uh, under the assumption I haven't finished it, you can probably just borrow it off me again, but it's going to come down in price, isn't it? So, yeah. so but <laughs> one thing to sort of interject with Odyssey uh, is kind of one of the news stories is people are going mental uh, about in-game microtransactions again because there is a thing in Odyssey uh, which you can pay real-world money to uh, speed up your XP. Uh, so one thing with Odyssey is everything's kind of gated off depending on what level you are. So you can't progress in the story uh, or you can't visit certain islands without getting your ass handed to you unless you're a specific level. But they have implemented something where you can pay reward money to level up quicker. Um, and there's, there's a bit of, way around it. Yeah, there's there's multiple ways around it. You, you, you Ubisoft don't club, you can use your Ubisoft points have like a quick two-hour XP boost. Yeah, but it's but not it's the, player, for this. Yes, yeah. So I think the reason why Ubisoft have implemented this into the game is for exactly the same situation of what we're talking about. For people who do do not have sixty to hundred hours to spend on a game because other games are coming out, so you could speed up that progress. So. I don't see any benefit of using it apart from that sort of that time save because the good thing about Odyssey is it doesn't force you to do the content outside of the main missions, but you there's no way you can do main mission after main mission after main mission because you have to level up. So it's kind of... I can conquer that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I try. But I think that's the blessing about that game um, and whether Red Dead is going to implement something different because we know how heavy-handed Rockstar are with like the shark cards that they had in GTA. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they implement that. So the next item uh, on the news agenda, and I've been itching to talk to somebody about this for so long since they announced it, is a couple of weeks back, uh, somebody... Um, by I think his name was Vape This Bro or something like that, uh, attended a press showing in a way. He was in a mall uh, and it was kind of like a behind curtain thing and he was shown um, footage of what looks to be a massive open world Harry Potter RPG. Have you seen the footage yet? I know, Frank, nobody wants to talk about that. Let's move on. Everybody wants to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> I've seen loads of things about it on YouTube, but it's not clicked on any of the videos. Um, it, it, I, saw, I saw what you're talking about, Frank. It looked, it looked good. Um, I think the problem is it looked good, um, and we've got fantastic-looking games coming out, like Red Dead Redemption and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time this makes it to market, which I'm thinking, you know, the state it looked in and the amount that was shown and the, the little amount that's leaked, you know how easily games leak nowadays. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking we're probably a year 
a year and a half away from that coming out. Yeah. Um, so it it's probably got to be really good by release in order to, for it to, to really work. Yeah, and I, th- I think it all depends on who's making the game. Um, so there's a bit of speculation behind uh, Avalanche, uh, not to get confused with Avalanche Studios who are making... Uh, or co-making Rage and games like that at the moment. Um, yeah, they, I was say, yeah. they made uh, the Disney Infinity games, um, but obviously that went bust, and they stopped making all that. I sort enjoyed of stuff. them games, to be fair. They are really good. Like if you like, like I did. I've got virtually all of the Disney Infinity figures, and I picked them up super cheap. Um, yeah, you can get like a quid now, can't you? Oh, you yeah, can get. If you scour like Facebook Marketplace, you can get like twenty for like a fiver because people are just sort of throwing them at people. But yeah, gameplay mechanics really cool. Um, if you can pick it up cheap and you've got kids, definitely worth a, definitely worth a, worth a punt. And the the actual models of the Disney Infinity are really well made. Like the Star Wars ones that I've got look, look incredible. But they're hinted uh, at making the game due to a job posting that they did sort of back in uh, two thousand and seventeen, I think. Um, and the guy who did the um, oh, like the panel thing uh, kind of released a bit of information, the fact that it's set before uh, the Harry Potter books uh, and films, uh, and it's also set before the Fantastic Beasts, so it's set probably when Hogwarts first opened, maybe, um, so way before Dumbledore and all that sort of thing. So it'd be interesting um, to go down that route and that sort of age uh, and the fact that it's building upon the law because everybody likes Harry Potter for the story, obviously, books uh, and all that, but not a lot has been discussed about the sort of like the, that past. So it'd be interesting to see where it leads. Um, and I just want a Harry Potter RPG where you can make your own character and go around waving your wand. So I'm happy about that news. Yeah. Jumping back in time is a good idea as well because it, it gives them more free reign to to mess around with the world, you know. Yeah, you don't have to rely on the Harry story, essentially. The Harry and Voldemort mm. story has obviously been told and it was told well. And, yeah, steering away from that, you don't have to worry about people complaining that it's not accurate to the books or the films. So it'd be yeah, interesting. Then again, with that, well, obviously it's going to be a licensed game, you know that. And J.K. Rowling at any point could pull out if she's been asked yet or not. J.K. Rowling seems quite good when it comes to those sort of things. Obviously, there's things she shuts down, obviously. Um, in the event that this is true and they are making it, they, they have to have her there, uh, obviously, to, probably to develop the, the story. The PlayStation 1 games were good. Yes, some of them were. Hold. Some of them were, yeah. were pretty bad. Um, I think my favourite one uh, was uh, the one for the last film on the PS3. Um, it was it. I it didn't played a bit like, any that late. Oh, it was really good. It was really like. Well, it's not really really good. I got the platinum for it, so that says something about the, the game. <laughs> but it played like Gears of War. It was really weird. It was kind of like a covered cover based shooter, but obviously instead of guns, you had wands. So yeah. it, it worked really well. And it wasn't set in Hogwarts as well. You, you're kind of going around the uh, the neighbouring towns and it ended up at the end of the last film. Spoilers, if you haven't seen it. Um, with the massive battle uh, with Harry versus Voldemort. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, 
Harry Potter, if you're a Harry Potter fan, happy days. If you're not, then you should be because Harry Potter is amazing. Um, but the next thing on the news agenda is PS4 or Sony have announced that they are making a successor to the PS4. Big shock. Everybody knew they were going to. But this was off the back of Xbox coming out and saying that they are releasing a streaming-based service. Have you guys seen the news on this? I saw that. I saw the streaming-based service, but I haven't seen anything about a PlayStation being made. I'll have to have a look into that. Uh So, yeah. so There wasn't really much news, was there? I mean, they just said they were making it. No, yeah. And I think it was off the basis of uh, Microsoft coming out saying this new uh, Xbox. They haven't actually defined whether it's going to be the successor to the Xbox One or if it's just going to be a service. Um, but basically what they said with the Xbox is you can stream Xbox games virtually anywhere. Uh, so there was a, a trailer, um, with Phil Spencer basically saying like, you can play Gears of War on your mobile phone. Um, if you hook up an Xbox one controller, uh, via Bluetooth, or they are using native inputs on your phone as well. So (laughs) the question being, is it the right time for that sort of service, do you reckon? Well, no. we saw PS now switch to a download service, which yep. uh, which was interesting. But Microsoft do have their uh, Azure cloud platform to bring against this, so they've got a lot of muscle to put behind it. And to be honest, they're, they're not doing much on the game front at the moment, in my opinion. No. Um, but, but they certainly are hammering hardware at the moment so i wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get hardware in place um while they they line up some third party um uh, not third party or bring in first party suppliers so um wasn't there a new story i don't know if you're about to come on to this frank about them obsidian. possibly buying obsidian yeah, yeah i knew that was that was the uh, the segue into what microsoft are doing next um ah. yes yeah, so <laughs> For those who don't know who Obsidian Entertainment are, um, they made Fallout New Vegas, uh, for one. Um, They made Pillars of Eternity as well, didn't they? I I love that game. It was really good. Yeah, and it kind of like almost bankrupt them in a way. Um, Mm. And they also made Knights of the Old Republic 2, I want to say. They didn't make the first one, did they? But they made the second one, I'm sure. Um, yes, yes, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, weren't they involved with the Stick of Truth as well? They might have been. It was a Ubisoft game, was it? Obviously, Stick of Truth is a Ubisoft game. Um, I will search for that. To yeah, find they, out. Were. they were, yes. I've just looked it up, they were. Okay. And they did Neverwinter Nights 2 as well, which was good. Yeah, yeah, no, I like the Neverwinter games. Um, so yeah, that's a good acquisition. Obviously, it's not been official. Uh, that they've actually bought them yet. But I think what the news article was saying is that they're in like final stages of negotiation. Um, So it's probably true. Interesting, because obviously at E3, they announced that they've bought several different studios, all making different types of games. Um, So it'd be interesting to see if that's true and what they've actually got up their sleeve. But I think the problem with the studios that they're acquiring is... For them to make a decent AAA game to be like, fuck you, Sony, this is what we've got now. Xbox, 
God knows whatever they're going to call it, um, is coming out. And these are the first party exclusive titles we've got. But it's got to be like three to four years off any of those titles yeah. coming out. Yeah, quite agree. So it'll be interesting to see where that develops. And on the streaming front, uh, there's a new thing uh, that Google have released. Um, it was Google, wasn't it? In the Yeah, Google Chrome. Yeah, so basically you can now play, uh, well, one game uh, if you signed up for it, but you can play Assassin's Creed Odyssey directly through the Chrome browser. Oh, I have heard of that. That's interesting. Yeah, so what they are dubbing it is called Project Stream, very original name. Um, so they had a beta test, I think it was last week, where you could sign up for it. Obviously, they they checked your internet connection, because uh, obviously if your internet connection is crap and you tried it, you're just instantly going to say, well, this service is rubbish, so there's no point. But the first game they tried is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so you can log directly, open up your Chrome browser, and... There it is, the game running. I don't think it's running at ultra settings on a PC, but it's pretty close. Um, and from what people have said so far, the there's not very much sort of latency or anything. There's no input lag whatsoever. So it's quite a good service, obviously, if your internet's good enough. So it'd be interesting to see how they take that on board. Yeah, they're another company that... Um has uh, virtual server offerings and server farms and things like that. Um, the uh, I suppose the other company that's that's got that, but I haven't heard anything about this kind of thing from, is uh, Amazon. So it'll be interesting to see if they make a play for moving into games at some point. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Microsoft, Google, and potentially Amazon have is a shitload of money to do whatever they want with. Um, Google obviously have internet infrastructure, and I would assume Amazon do do too. Um, and Microsoft kind of speaks for itself. So, from what they're pushing, it seems like there's going to be a streaming future. Um, but basically, what Sony said when they came out with it is, yes, we're kind of making a new console. We haven't got any official details yet, but it's going to be a similar architecture to the PS4. So that kind of states that Sony are going to going to stick with the box under your TV route, but everybody else seems to be going up into the sky. Let's see how it plays out. I think that's the right approach for now. I'll tell you what, they it would be weird if they did, though, as a new PlayStation. Yep. Remember when the prototype of the uh, PS3 was announced and that boomerang controller? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's like the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> if they brought like that back. <laughs> There's loads of prototype pictures weird. that come out. When Whenever like the announcements come for new consoles, there's always some really weird concept art. I remember one concept picture for the Xbox One, which was I think was called Xbox 720 at one point, was yeah, like, 720 at one point, yeah. like a see-through sphere surrounded by a box. It looked really cool, but it looked super impractical. So people just go crazy on Photoshop whenever things get announced. So yeah. you never know what it's going to be. But we always know it's going to be a 
ugly black box that looks crap with controllers similar to the last one because think the playstation controller hasn't really changed that much over like the past like 15 years has it but are they going to do what they've done this generation consoles which is interesting i think is bring out more models so instead of like a slim like they did they brought uh, instead of bring out a new console, a buffed up version like the PS4 Pro. Hmm. Are they going to do that, or are they going to just put everything in this PS4 five? Because I feel like to me, it's turning more. Oh, the console's not going to last for five years anymore. You've got to upgrade to get the best. I, if you get what I, I think mean, we're going to see speed bump uh, every couple of years. So I think we'll see PS5, and then we'll see a 5.5, and then we'll see a 6. Yeah, they've done it ever since God knows when. I think there was a PS1, and there was a PS1, like the actual PS1 that they called the PS1, which is like a smaller version. And they had three different PS2s and th- three or four PS3s. Um, but this is the only generation, realistically, where the consoles have actually increased in power uh, so obviously mm. the ps the base ps4 in comparison to the ps4 pro is completely different so whether they'll go down the routes of swapping parts i don't think it's ever going to get to be like a pc where you can just like pull up pull out the graphics card and stick in a new one in um they probably make a lot of money i think there was a statement from Sony that the PS4 was like the first console that actually made them money instead of like a loss loser. I'm surprised that because the PS2 is the best selling console of all time. Yeah, but I think yeah, the har- hardware wise, like it costs a lot to manufacture those units and they tend to make more money off like the peripherals, like the controllers and now that they've obviously delved a lot more into like first party studios uh, sort of selling more games um, and obviously they're thriving at the moment on the digital sales more so than anything else. Ugh. Is that a disgusting sound at digital sales? I'd be all right if they didn't charge so much because sometimes it's more expensive than buying a game in a disc. You've got no packaging, so it should be cheaper. Yes. In my eyes, anyway. Like, logical sense makes, like, it should be cheaper. Like, the fact that you can save yourself, like, near enough £20 just by getting off your ass and going down to a supermarket and buying it. It kind of, like, people pay for, like, creature comforts and the ease of access, I guess, with digital. But, like, the only... I want to know with digital, if your internet goes down, can you play them games? Yeah, you can. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that one. But I'm I'm not too sure if it's indefinite, because I think with some games or some services, like with regards to the licenses that you have to connect to the internet every so often, but I'm not too sure the frequency of how you have to do it. I couldn't tell you. No, that's something you'd have to research. But But I know what you mean. I think going back to the Sega... Mega Drive and the SNES days and all that sort of like cartridge based gaming like you owned those games like those games are never going to die like I can still plug in my N64 now put Mario Kart or Party or GoldenEye or whatever and it's going to work it's going to work exactly the same way that it did day one whereas 
games nowadays you're kind of even if you're buying the physical media there's no guarantee that those games are always going to work because of patches and all the updates and all those sort of things so i like to retain my games and buy everything physical just just because i like the boxes and i like to think take amazing spider-man 2 for example yep it's gone off the store the dlc i got with the game no longer works because they took it off the store, so and that was I can't get my extra content and whatnot. That was due so to a licensing game, I'm guessing. Because the companies yeah. tend to buy the rights for certain IPs uh, for a specific amount of time, and it's happened with quite a few games. Um, that ten years down the line, if they're not physically able to patch specific things out of them, whether it be uh music and things like that because you tend to find that games with soundtracks um gta for example um they will only have the rights to use those songs for a specific period of time um so after that yeah like you won't be able to buy the games you probably can still buy them physically but you won't be able to buy them digital digitally that's for sure yeah no, well, i mean obviously my dlc codes for the costume mm. doesn't work now i don't think yep it's not worth the uh, the paper it's printed on and that's the worry for me about sort of like the the all digital future that people are kind of pushing towards not only are people going to suffer um obviously some places in america have crap internet australia are kind of known for having really bad internet connections so those sort of markets are going to suffer um we're kind of fortunate in our country that our internet is quite good um, like we, we usually tend to get high speeds at a cheap cost, which is great for us, uh, and usually not with any data caps as well. But a lot of people have half decent internet, but they can only say download thirty gig a month or something like that. And in this day and age, especially with games like Red Dead Redemption Two coming out that are one hundred and five gig, that's a future that a lot of people are not going to want to go down. So it makes no sense to me, but. It's business, I guess, for those guys. So the one thing that I did want to discuss, uh, based on obviously the news that we were just talking about before we uh, cut this one short, um, obviously with the announcement of a new PS5, I would assume they're going to go down the route of calling it PS5 because it would be stupid if they don't. Um, What do you want from a PS5? Damn. Uh, shorter load times. <laughs> I, I find that I'm starting up God of War, um, a, a, any number of games, and, and I'm waiting and waiting for the game to load up. Um, we, we just mentioned about uh, Sega game uh, Genesis or Mega Drive. You put in that cartridge and it started, and I know that was cartridge, but I just I, I want to be in the game quicker. You know, especially when. You know you've only got half an hour to play a game, and you spend mm. a few minutes loading up. You think, God, that really that took up a chunk of of my game time. Um, I want to see um, I, I want to see more games running at 4K um, and 30 frames per second. Uh, I'm not too fast for 60. Um, it's it, it's not essential for me, but um, that 4K resolution really makes things crisper and, uh, and and looking much better for me. Cool. So that's one thing I need to invest in, 
is a 4K TV, but that's going to be an eventuality for me, I think. Um, what about you, Ben? What would you want? What would be the main thing that you'd want from it? Well, not main thing. I don't know what I mainly want, but I'll tell you something I would like is a 4K Blu-ray player in a console. That isn't an Xbox. Yeah, that isn't an Xbox. Yeah. Or the Xbox has got this cool mode. You've got two modes when you set up the console. You've got power saving mode. And a mode that truly doesn't shut your console off. So, like the PS4 does anyway. No, the sleep like, mode, yeah. Yeah, like the sleep mode. Like, they still download stuff. But you can entwine both settings. Okay. So, I've got mine powered completely off, but still have the USB having power so I can charge the pad. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool feature the Xbox have got that PlayStation is... I know it's not a big feature, it's lagging, lacking in. Yeah, because you can put it into rest mode with the PS4, can't you? But there's still technically some power running through the console. God knows how much. It's obviously not as much as if the console was on, but would there be anything else that you'd hope to see? Like Dan said more games and 30, 30 frames per second. You can't, your eyes can't really see 60, I don't think. You can, you can, you can. Oh, yeah. There is, I think if you if you put a 30 frames per second game next to a 60 frames per second game, there is a notable difference. Like, the higher you get, obviously it's negligible, but I think... 4K 30 frames is obviously going to have to be a must, um, especially with uh, like people producing like 8K TVs now. Um, so that's going to be the next thing that people are going to be jumping on, um, obviously when they're more commercially viable and a little bit cheaper than they are now. Um, for me, more of the same, um, being a Sony pony, as people call them. Um, I want to see the controllers have a better battery life i think the thing that pisses me off the most about the ps4 is no matter how new your controller is the battery does not last long at all and i think the worst thing for me is you're halfway through a game and like it comes up with that thing in the corner like dual shock four battery low and i'm like fuck me really i only put it on charge like two hours ago and the ps3 controller battery lasted weeks yeah you can you can charge it overnight, don't get me wrong, but if you're sat there paying for four to five hours straight, the battery will go. And does the touch it? Yeah, for me it does. On every single one of my controllers, it will die by the time I've ended or it's close to being so. You can't have say two two days gaming without charging your controller. Whereas the PS3 controller could easily last like three weeks without you needing to to charge it. Whether that's because of the light bar, that's one thing. They need to get rid of that. The light bar, there's no there's no point of it really. Um, the touchpad kind of isn't overly used the way it could be. Uh, the speaker inside the controller, I switched off really quickly into playing it, and I don't use Rumble. I know a lot of people use the Rumble in the controller. I absolutely hate Rumble in the controller, but that's just a personal preference. Um, for me um but yeah more of the same really um smaller box i guess quieter cooler in a way um because the ps4 does get quite hot 
Yeah, the Pro is quiet compared to the standard PS4. Yes, yeah, so I don't have that luxury, so maybe I'm just complaining because I've got two like base models, so I need to upgrade to stop complaining. Um, one last thing then before we disappear is what game or games as a launch title would you want to see? Dan, we'll start with you. Um, for, oh, crikey. Um, it, we, we talked before about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I think that will probably launch before consoles, um, new consoles come out. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a version going onto the new consoles, especially if they have backup compatibility. Yeah. Literally, it would be a case of boosting the resolution and frame rate and stuff like that. Cool. What about you, Ben? What game would you want to um, see on? They've announced. I oh, kind of announced it now, so hopefully they can like. At the time I make it, it's Marvel Spider Man 2. Yeah. Because on, that looks beautiful on PS4 Pro anyway, the one of the first one does. And I think if they can wait a couple of years and not just make it a yearly release, really work on it, I think it'd be a good launch title because it will get money, business perspective, or oh, it's Spider Man, so kids will go on it, so it's going to ship faster units. Yeah the console when it first comes out so from a business idea it's fantastic and from being for being a spider-man fanatic it's also fantastic yeah so insomniac did really well obviously they sold a ridiculous amount of copies in a quick span of time so it's a foregone conclusion that the next one's going to come out um game wise for me obviously dan kind of hinted on it a second ago but it needs to be backwards compatible, 100%. Whether that's just PS4 games or the whole backwards catalogue, it has to be. Um, they'll, they're dropping the ball, um, and Xbox will kind of take over next-gen if they don't. Um, but games-wise for me, um, apart from the obvious ones that might be crossovers like The Last of Us 2, uh, obviously Dan mentioned Cyberpunk, um, and potentially Death Stranding, whether that game ever comes out or whatever that game is. Um I wouldn't mind them revisiting older sort of franchises in a way. They kind of stated that there might be a medieval um, remake, so it'd be interesting to see if they actually Ooh, do that. I've um, never saw anything on that. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. At E3 a couple of years ago, they said they're remaking uh, the first medieval game. Um, but whether... They did a little teaser hint, didn't they? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where that is and what's going to happen. Um I want to see a new Dragon Age game coming out. That's kind of like after Bioware are finished with Anthem, I kind of hope they move on to that. But the one game that needs to come out, and I know that it won't, is uh, Elder Scrolls Six. That has to be a launch title for me, for me to be day one. That's what I'm going to get. I just want to get lost in a massive medieval open world fantasy game with like really good graphics um but only time's going to tell to see a when it's going to come out um so last thought then when when is the ps5 going to come out 2021 2021 right that's ben's bet what what i was just thinking holiday 2021 like christmas christmas time yeah I'm going to 
put my money on that Microsoft are going to announce that the Xbox 7002, whatever they're going to call it, is going to come out October in 2021. They'll announce that first, and then the PlayStation 5 will come out April, so the new financial year of 2021. So they're going to wait for Microsoft to announce it, and then they're going to come out and release it before the Xbox, because I kind of think they they don't necessarily need that head start, but they need to one-up Xbox, considering the stuff that they've been doing with Game Pass and all that sort of stuff, because Microsoft are slowly catching up with the Xbox. So it'll be interesting to see, but that's a couple of years away. When? Um, go on. How long is the PlayStation 4 now? Five, five years, years now? Yeah, I think so. 2000, I want to say 2013. November 2013. Eight, obviously. Well, Sony being a foreign company, well, obviously, I think is I think that that country's numbers, lucky numbers eight, or is that China? I can't remember. I don't know. Because some country has lucky number eight, and I reckon, see, I was in eight years, so it's based on weird oh, yeah, superstition. Based on weird, so it'd be. I, I, my gut says 2021. But something's telling me 2020. Okay, that's cool. It might be. There you go. That's the prediction here and there. 2020 might be a possibility. It all depends on what happens next year, I guess. Um, What I'll do then, leaving you, there's a few uh, sort of housekeeping things I probably should have mentioned at the beginning. Um, So Middle-Aged Gamers do have a YouTube channel now, so search for Middle-Aged Gamers on YouTube. Uh, It's only started up, so there's only a few things on there at the moment. Uh, At the moment, I am doing a series called The ABC of Gaming. Um, So basically, every stream that I'm doing, um, I'm going through the alphabet. So I've literally just done one for Agents of Mayhem, obviously for the letter A. So that's up on our YouTube channel. Uh, and Ben will be doing sort of an anthology of horror, going through all of his favourite horror games on the PlayStation 4. Um, so check back on our Facebook page for news of when those videos are going to go live. Uh, as per usual, if you do have any questions or comments on the next episode of Middle-Aged Gamers, hit us up on our Facebook page uh, and we'll be glad to discuss those in our next episode. So until then, it's bye from me. Bye from me. And me too. See you later, guys.